As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Athletics Tuesday National College Football Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Nicole Auerbach. I am thrilled this week to be joined by my friend and colleague over at the Big Ten Network, Mike Hall, who is launching a brand new podcast this week called On the Bench with Mike Hall. And it's going to be all sorts of like tangentially related to sports, tangentially related to Big Ten things and stories. And He's teased me with this. It's actually true, but there's some way that Julia Roberts, there's like a story involving Julia Roberts. And honestly, that's all I need to know. I will subscribe. <laughs> Hi, Nicole. Hi. Welcome to the show. <laughs> we break down the biggest storylines in college football every Tuesday. The name Power Hour means that we go up to an hour. You can you can have shots while you're while you're listening to this. That is optional. Um, but I am so glad to have you. I have barely seen you because of all the restrictions at the studio. So normally I would get to heckle you, tease you, annoy you in person, and, um, you would do the same. I know you moved to Chicago and now we see each other less and less. That was, that was well planned yeah. by you. Uh, yeah, a couple things. First off, I am about four shots in already because it's 8am yeah. and I've got a little so yep. just to be clear, uh, second off, I really, I really thought with the name of Power Hour that Andy Staples would be on. I just, I, I guess in hindsight, mm. hour back, I, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. I'm, I'm closer with you anyways. Well, but. well, it's either okay. It's either that or the Andy Staples show. So it was, it was a hard guess. I, I understand. Right. Yeah. I, mm. They're very mm. close. They're mm-hmm. very close. It's hard to tell. Hosting. Um, but yeah, do you want me to tell you the Julia Roberts story? Yes, please. So um, this is one of the things when we had, uh, so we taped for a bunch of these podcasts, none of them, they're not topical. It's not something where you tune in and you have to listen that week or it loses its its relevancy. It's, you should be able to listen to it tomorrow or in a month or in a year because it's mostly storytelling. So because of that, we taped a bunch of these during the pandemic. And one of them was with Fran McCaffrey, the Iowa men's basketball coach. So when he was at Notre Dame, he was recruiting um, Jess Settles, who ended up going to Iowa and having this great career. And uh, Jess was on campus and uh, for like his recruit, and I think it was like a football game. And this is like, you know, early 90s, late 80s. We're not far removed from the national title, Notre Dame. This is, it's a big deal to be at an Irish 
football game and uh and jess is there and someone points out that julia roberts is a few rows up and so fran was like aware of it but was mostly kind of like just leaving her alone because she was there with her boyfriend at the time and this is again julia roberts 1989 like you can't get much bigger uh than she was then and just settles in his 18 year old cockiness just goes well i guess i'm gonna go up and talk to her so he walks up the stadium and sits down oh next my and god and starts chatting with her while she's next to her boyfriend <laughs> and he and he has this chat and it goes well. And then he was like, all right, well, see you later. And he comes back down and joins all the guys. And so Fran was sort of like, hey, you know, I'm just saying, you come to Notre Dame, the stuff like this is gonna happen. And of course, he didn't close the deal. He goes to Iowa anyways. Wow. Wait, also, Julia Roberts is a sports fan? I didn't, this is new information? I don't think she is, but I think the boyfriend Okay, was. I was like, this kind of reminds me, but this one made more sense. Like the time I saw Julia Louis-Dreyfus at a Northwestern football or basketball game because her son was on the team and she went there. Um, right. That is great. And I'm super excited for your pod. I love things that are evergreen and not necessarily tied to that week's in action. But that's what this pod is. So we do need to <laughs> uh, get into some of it because honestly – and this is what's kind of fun about this season, which has been super weird and disjointed at times, and every league started at a different time. The Big Ten has been particularly bonkers. Like, I, I don't think we would be talking or thinking about Indiana tied atop the Big Ten East. Uh, you've got Northwestern undefeated, Purdue undefeated, Maryland is rising, thriving, whatever it is. Penn State 0-3, oh Michigan 1-2. and two. I mean, you look at the Big, e, Big Ten East standings and they don't make any sense unless you've never watched football before. What is the number one head-scratching thing that has happened in the Big Ten so far this season? Well, I suppose if you go head-scratcher, it's Penn State. Um, preseason ranked, you know, they lose – uh, their their superstar defensive uh, player who we we were thinking I mean I, I honestly thought he was going to be almost not exactly but almost in that Chase Young type mm. of you're gonna hear him as a fringe Heisman candidate for the first few weeks like I really thought Michael Parsons was that good and they lose him and you go well okay and you know then there's rumors of losing their superstar tight end Fryermuth and then when the Big Ten says they're coming back Fryermuth is back and you go okay this is you know, they've been really close against Ohio State multiple times. It maybe isn't this year, but you never know. And Franklin's, you know, done a pretty steady job of raising the program year by year, and, and they're back to where they're very good, and his goal is to get them to be elite. And I just felt like, oh, and three, I didn't see coming. Um, and and they've, they, they just haven't looked good in all these areas. And, like, obviously there have been injuries, and Noah Kane has been a problem, and that hurts their depth. And... But yeah, I, I, the, the one thing I thought on a positive was like, I thought Indiana was going to be pretty good. Yes. I didn't see top 10 in the country. I didn't see beating both Penn State and Michigan. I thought they'd get one of them. I thought they were going to snipe somebody. But you wonder how much too, Nicole, we always forget, or I always forget sometimes when I get in the heat of the moment, that these are 18 to 22-year-olds. And if you're never lost to Indiana in your lifetime at a program, basically, and you lose to them, what does that do for your morale? And how does that affect the way that you're going full speed 
in practice. And, and maybe that's part of what's happened with the Ninny Lion. I would like to say that um, you met our producer, John Hayes, right before we recorded this. His only wish to you <laughs> was to not talk about Penn State, his alma mater. That is the first thing that you brought up. So I just, um, I appreciate the yep. just ignoring of that and, and creating a rift immediately as we start the show. I, <laughs> I, Lead topic. Um, and to be clear, it was an open-ended question by Nicole, so I could have avoided it, but chose to bring it up. The, the only thing I love more than the beginning of a friendship is the beginning of enemies. So I enjoy that. Um, but no, I am totally with you because it it feels like no matter what happened with the running back depth with Micah Parsons, it shouldn't be this bad. It shouldn't be the way they lost to Maryland at home bad. And that's the, the frustrating part. And, and then to see Sean Clifford, who's clearly regressed from what he was doing last year, it's, there's a lot of problems. My colleague Audrey Snyder's gotten into a bunch of them because it's not just one thing. It's not just one side of the ball. Um, but at some point, you've got to snap out of it and be like, okay, we're not going to be able to compete for the things we're used to throughout the season of a Big Ten championship or you know the playoff or whatever it might be. And just focus on, okay, we have a season. We wanted a season. Um, we, we get to get better week to week. Whatever smaller goals you have to set to just mentally get through this season. But I was kind of joking about it because it's almost like, I mean, we always knew Ohio State was going to be their second game, but it's almost like they broke a little bit when they lost to Indiana the way that they lost to Indiana. And I don't know, again, like you're saying, like, you know, the psyche and, and what, what happens after a game like that and then the the Ohio State game. Um, but it's it's kind of wild because almost the exact opposite thing happened with, with Indiana. And, and we knew that that was – they were so poised for a breakthrough for years, right? Like they would be in these games against Penn State, against Michigan. They would lead – you know, Ohio State even, you know, they would have these leads in the fourth quarter and then they would – painfully be snatched away and the big thing when you talk to Tom Allen over the offseason was we are close the next step is obvious we're in the toughest division in college sports and we need to win one of those like we're going to at some point and I'm with you where it felt like it was going to have to be a stolen game a little bit like, like like the Penn State game like a game that you win by an inch and then you win that, and suddenly this team is like playing with house money, and you just crush Michigan. Michigan, which you are clearly the better team, first of all. But start to finish, both sides of the ball wasn't even a question. That was not how I thought Indiana was going to beat those types of teams, even if even if Michigan is has their own messes. Right. No, I agree. And, and they've been they've been such a joy. Like I, the the reason I was high on them this year is two reasons. One, because it was one of those things where when we started our, our, when I started my prep for the season back in the early summer, I looked back and I was like, all right, yeah, they were an eight win team last year. And then I looked at their losses. Three of them came in the closing minutes. Yeah. Like they were this close to being an 11 win team. Couple plays. Uh, last year. Yeah. And the, the Gator Bowl in particular was like a, a they, they had it and blew it. And that was against an SEC team. And so you, you, you realize they have something there. And the other one, as you well know and you alluded to, is Tom Allen. I mean, he is, if there is a perfect guy for a program, it's him. He's got Indiana bloodlines. He's got a chip on his shoulder without being arrogant about it. Like, he's a down-to-earth, 
fella. He's he's starting to recruit a little bit. It's hard to recruit football to Indiana, but he's doing a pretty decent job of it. And they've taken step by step. They've kind of kept their nose down and looked forward. As you know, Tom Allen's a really likable guy. Um, so it's really easy to root for him. And I'm I'm fascinated to see how much better this can go. I mean, someone asked me, I forget who it was, but last week, like, are they the second best team they, in the Big Ten? I was like, oh, I feel a little no, early. They are. They are. They are. Mm-hmm. They are. You know, Wisconsin's only played one game. You can't count them. They look better than Northwestern. The only team in the league right now that is better than them is Ohio State. It's amazing. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who are actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats it might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring, and it's time you join that number. Post your job for free at linkedin.com CFB23. That's linkedin.com CFB and the numbers 23 to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I totally believe they're the second best team in the league. And by the way, they already beat Penn State and Michigan. So like you're, you're going to have to put them in that category based on that. I mean, you could have said it was, it was premature last week. Then they go and do what they did to Michigan. And... To me, it's just, it is a great story. I actually think they're one of the emerging story, one of the best stories in all of college football this year. It's them, it's Arkansas, it's these programs, with these super likable head coaches that you just, you feel energized by. And I made this connection earlier this week. Can't believe I hadn't thought of it sooner. Have you seen Ted Lasso? Yeah, I've seen about five okay. episodes. I just got into this last Tom week. Tom Allen is Ted Lasso. <laughs> I don't know how I didn't figure this out sooner, but just a total joy. It's totally genuine. There's no like waiting for a gotcha moment or a sarcastic moment. Um, he literally is headbutting his players again. Like I, I Hugh Freeze told right. me this story a few weeks ago. He jumped into a pile against a player with a helmet and knocked out his two front teeth. He goes and basically does the same thing again this weekend, has this giant scar on his cheek because he gets hit by a helmet. He is Ted Lasso. They even have, like, the little believe sign that they have in the locker room. Like, right. he apparently right. in high school made T-shirts for one of his high school teams that said, like, don't stop believing or believe or so. I was like, this is Ted Lasso in real life. That's why we, it is why it's just, you, you feel drawn to this program 
and and right. and this team and there is just it, it's been delightful to see and you know I don't think anyone can take anything away from them at this point because they already did the thing that they needed to do and they did right. it twice so you know now they're in the top 10 and someone said to me oh they're going to manage to mess this up I'm like but they can't right it's already a win of the yeah. season you you're in the top 10 at Indiana for football that's already yeah. a win you beat Two historical powerhouse programs in one year. That's already a victory. Exactly. Did, did I ever tell you the um the, the Tom Allen uh, body slammed me once? Uh I, I feel like you've 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 referred to it, but I, I don't know like the extent of like how like how much it so, knocked uh, you off or anything. It, so a couple years ago I had I had a late night show on Big Ten Network called Sportslight, and it was a, a goof off fun thing we tried to show that people are fun and that there's great personalities in the big 10 and so i went to bloomington and and chatted with tom and did like sort of like a give me a tour of the office and find all these different stories about there and, and have a nice thing and we talked about him being a wrestler and then he was like well come on over here and so we went over to the middle middle of his office he's got a pretty big office yep. and he was like yeah you know I, you could do this and i was like well tom i was never really a wrestler so maybe we don't and he's like no come on over here and he starts <laughs> grappling with me and he goes, and then what you do is you do this. And he flips me up and slams me down on the ground. <laughs> now there was a cushion on the ground. So like, I wasn't that hurt, but like, I didn't expect it. And it was, it didn't like a hundred percent take the, the wind out of me, but I was like stunned for a second. And the funniest, and you'll get this as someone who does TV, my producer is over in the corner cracking up and he goes, that was unbelievable. We got to do it again <laughs> for another angle. And like in that moment in my brain, I'm like, no, we don't. But also I knew like, yeah, that's going to be really great video. Ah, oh, crud. And so oh he did it again. And it, was, it was one of my favorite. And he was so like, he has that that wrestler mentality of like, ah, you're fine. I hope you're okay, but ah, you're fine. So did you injure yourself or like, what was the recovery like from this? I was a little sore for a couple okay. of days. Uh, but I wasn't like in like, have I threatened him with a lawsuit since I've seen him? Yeah. Yeah. A couple times, but no, for the most part I was, fine. have I actually filed the paperwork? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do a quick whip around on some of the other big 10 leagues. Um, but I do want to ask about that show and about some of the other stuff in your career. Cause I, I do think yeah. it's interesting and, you know, cause we don't see each other very often. Um, you know, now's the time because friends only in sports media <laughs> only ever talk over each other's podcasts. That's, that's how we communicate. Um, so, so let's whip around the rest of the league. I mean, Ohio state, certainly Ohio state, as always, Justin Fields, Heisen trophy front runner, any concerns here or, or are we just at this point where we would just be totally shocked if they do not go undefeated, do not make the playoff, et cetera, et cetera. Check all the boxes. B. The only I would be shocked if they don't. I mean, they they have this. We overuse this phrase, but Justin Fields is a generational talent. I mean, he's something special. He has as many touchdown passes as incomplete passes through three games. That's stupid. Um, his wide receivers are great. I had one of our analysts told me at the beginning of the year I was talking about how much incredible wide receiver depth the Big Ten has. I mean. It's it's as much really good wide receivers across the league as you'll ever have. And I mentioned like Amir Smith, Marset, and you know uh, the Rashad Bateman and and Josh Matter Bebe and all sorts of guys. And I didn't even get to Garrett Wilson, and he was like, "You left off the best talent. Mm -hmm. Garrett Wilson's the best wide receiver." Um, 
I do think they're clear cut the best team. If, if there has to be a concern, I wonder if it's just the whole, that concern that it feels like Clemson faces every year, which is, are they going to get tested enough by their own league? Which is not normally the concern you have, but, but look at the teams that would normally give them a real challenge. It's Penn State, clearly down. It's Michigan, it's clearly down. Michigan State in the past, they're rebuilding. Wisconsin only played one game. I mean, their toughest contest is going to be Indiana, which as we said, they're going to give them a game, but just the talent disparity is is going to be unfair to the Hoosiers in that matchup. So, no, I think Ohio State's for real. I think they're cruising to a Big Ten title and to a college football playoff. I, I felt, and this is a weird thing to say because they lost in the 14 years that I've been here since we launched at the Big Ten Network. Last year's Ohio State team was the best football team mm. I've seen in the Big Ten. And again, they lost that game in the playoff. But if you remember, there were a couple controversial calls. There was an overturn over turnover that would have changed the whole game. There was a lot. Of, there was an injury. There was a, a, a targeting penalty that lost one of their best players. So, like, I still believe they were the best team I've seen. And they brought a lot of those dudes back this year. Better than the 2015 team? Yeah, I think so. Because like, isn't, that, isn't that the team that, well, our, our friend Joshua Perry always says that's the most talented team they've ever had. But yeah, but I do think last year's team does give them a run for the money in terms of talent and just like which of those teams would beat each other. Right. The 2015 team, obviously, the you're an idiot, Mike, is because the 2015 they won the title. Um, but uh, no, no, no. I'm I, saying the team, the t- the team that came back from the title. Oh, I thought you meant the 2014 that won the title in 2015. Me, the 2015 season. Yeah, the 2015 season Got with it. the embarrassment of riches, the quarterback issues, which were. Ultimately, I think mismanaged, which cost them that season. And then Zeke, right. and, and th- that won the Michigan State game. But that team had so much talent because they all right. came they back. Were they were flooded with yep. NFL players left and right. Yeah, no, I, I, I just think in, in the way watching those games week after week, the 2015 team, you remember being like, wow, there's a lot of talent here. And last year's Ohio State team, I remember being like, they're just better at every spot than everyone they play. Um, so that's why it, it stuck out to me last year. Now, again, that's a real dumb thing to say when they didn't win the title in the end, but I just remember they were so incredible and, and they've got a lot of those guys back and, and uh, many of the dudes that we thought they were losing to just sitting out this year came back. And yep. I think Ryan Day, we're, we're, we're just you know, the tip of the iceberg on his talent as a coach and as a recruiter. So um, I, I think they're the only thing that's going to stop them is, is probably Clemson or Alabama this year. Yeah, I, I agree. Although maybe we need to put Notre Dame in that category. I, I, I do think they might have played themselves into that upper echelon, at least for this year. But it definitely does feel like one of those years. And, um, and, and again, when, when that's the measuring stick, which, which it is, um, there, there, there's a reason that there's a gap in the rest of the ACC with Clemson. There's a reason that there's a gap behind Ohio State, even though people are trying, because it's not easy to get into that, that top, top, top tier and do this year in and year out. You have to recruit, you have to develop, you have to coach, you have to be at a certain level, and you have to have an all-time great quarterback, basically. I mean, it's, it's funny you said the word generational for, for fields because, um, yeah, you could certainly say that. I've been saying that, you know, you could have said that for Deshaun Watson at Clemson, but then also Trevor, but then now they've got DJ. It's like, I guess generational is the wrong term. It's just like right. super, super elite, but they also come around apparently at Clemson every four years, so, right. you know. Well, it isn't. Isn't it funny, like, we're in this weird stretch of college football that 
we haven't really ever been in in 151 years of college football. You know, you would have stretches where Nebraska was unbelievable for four years. Miami in and out for like 11 years. You know, they'll they'll win a national title, maybe have a slightly down year, be back a year or two later. Like we're in this stretch where Bama, Ohio State, and Clemson every single year are in the top three in the country. And it's there's no sign of it changing anytime soon. And this has been this way for almost a decade at this point. You've had coaching changes. You've had injuries. You've had Alabama lose half their staff every year. They've done it in different ways. And that is really remarkable. Um, it, it is wild. It is wild. But here, here's the thing. And, and let's, let's talk about my alma mater, Michigan. That scenario is, I think, what makes their lives so difficult. Because I think in a different era of college football, Jim Harbaugh wins some of these games against Ohio State. Like that, that gap isn't so clear because that you didn't have, you don't have those like three programs operating on a totally different playing field. Right. Well, and think about uh, the world of sports is obviously a game of inches, right? Think of how close a couple of those Michigan Ohio State games have been for Harbaugh. If one, you know, the, the stretch play, if, if that alone changes, if, if there's one or two bounces and he's two and three against Ohio State instead of 0 and 5, one of those teams or two makes the playoffs because they've been really good. They've been ranked in the top five at the end of the season mm-hmm. multiple times with Harbaugh. It's a whole new narrative. It's a five-year war, right? Or whatever it would be called. It's it's the, the Titan at Michigan against the Titan at Ohio State. And it's it's this incredible thing, but because they've both flipped and then he's failed in the bowl games, like the narrative has been that he's been so disappointing and this year isn't helping that narrative right now. But you're right that the unbelievable stretch that Ohio State has had has made it impossible for anyone at Michigan to be able to break through. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's created this, like, in their wake. Every time they play Penn State, every time they play Michigan, the question's the gap. The gap. It's, you know, Penn State, like, you know, it's like, okay, they have some talent. There's still a gap. There's still a gap. What about James Franklin late-game coaching situations? This and this. Then you, it's Michigan. It's like the gap. Defensively, they break down in those games. And, and this and this and all these things. And, again, it's, it, it, it is this – you have this power and and it's so similar to what happens in the ACC. It's like, they're not going to drop off at all. Even if you think it was one quarterback, even if you think it was one coach in urban, let's say it's not. And so therefore like you're just challenging everyone else to rise up to that level. And that's been the problem in the ACC. It's like, what happened to Florida state? Why can't Florida state turn it around? Miami tries like, and, and you and you get to the points where you're like, I think this is it. I think this is it. We've, we've been that way about Michigan, right? Like, it is just it, – it's such an interesting dynamic, and it's cost people jobs. It's cost coordinators jobs. Um, players have transferred out because it's, it's so hard to fix, and I don't really know what the answer is because it took, you know, Ohio State hiring Urban Meyer, challenging the rest of the league to recruit at a different level, to invest in resources in a different level for the Big Ten to be part of this, this race. 
Well, and and that's and that's a very important point. He he absolutely added you know jet fuel to the Big Ten compared to where they were. Uh, everyone has responded and recruited much better in the last eight or nine years since he came along. What's interesting to me too, Nicole, is the timing of the college football playoff being four teams. Mm. Like four teams, three of those slots every year are basically right, to those three here. teams we're talking about, and right, it makes me wonder if there was an expansion to eight then you're then michigan's not over in the playoffs they've made it once or twice penn state has made it once or twice you know uh, uh florida state has made it more than once you you can get those second teams and now maybe they still lose to them but there's something perhaps that that would do to open up the gates for programs to have an opportunity or just the perception of what success is because i think that's one of my issues but, with the playoff too and, and it's almost like when you went from two teams to, to have a chance for a national championship and you go to, to four, it almost made it feel way worse to everyone that wasn't part of it. We didn't talk about, oh, it's been you know eight years since the Pac-12 made the championship game. The way that we talk about, oh, it's been, you know, they've missed the playoff X amount of times since it existed. It's like doubling the access point made it worse if you didn't make it. And so I do think that it's affected the way that we evaluate coaching tenures um, and even just what a successful season is instead of like, oh, you awesome, you made the Rose Bowl. Like in a year, the Rose Bowl is not the right. semi. It's like, oh, like this is terrible. This is awful. We were, you know, we weren't even in the picture for the playoff because we only talk about, we only frame the sport through the playoff. And we only end up talking about the same like six teams every single year. I, that's one of my biggest pet peeves of the playoff era. I agree. I agree. And it's, it's, I wish we, I wish there was a way around it. And, and maybe expansion is the answer to it. But I, I think that is one of the unintended consequences of them going to 14. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and, and that's why, like, you know, I, I did that series last year at The Athletic, you know, about like weird traditions around college sports. And, and you're doing this podcast about, you know, these kind of like tangential things. It's like there's all these cool parts to sports that we don't always focus on when we talk about like this. It's almost an arms race, basically, right? It's an arms race, and you know, it's it's the race to the playoff. Let's only talk about playoff teams, um, and so that's what I'm like really excited about your podcast and just about like the way that you do sports. Um, and so, before we go, Mike, I did want to get into your background a little bit because I think it's so unique. I think there's so many, you know, anchors and analysts and people who are, you know do sports on TV who or one track mind and like, you know, played or take this stuff super seriously. And you don't, and you have this comedy background. Um, a bunch of your buddies, I'll see it on like Instagram. You're like just casually zooming with people on Saturday night live. Or, um, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, your buddies on, you know, righteous gemstones, different things. Like, like how did you a end up in sports eventually and B like, how do you use that comedy background to remind us that there is a lighter side of this whole thing? Well, yeah, I think when I when I was growing up, uh, I was lucky enough to be in that era where I wake up in the morning and I turn on SportsCenter and it's Dan and Keith and it's Stuart and Rich and it's Kenny Mayne and Carl Ravitch and it's Craig Kilborn. Like it was this incredible time when I was falling in love with sports. There were funny people helping me fall in love with it, too. And and then, you know, Sports Night becomes my favorite TV show of all time. That happens when I'm. 17 and 18 and that's why i went to the university of missouri was to do broadcast journalism and so i went to school at one of the toughest journalism schools on the planet and while i was there i enjoyed everything i was doing with journalism but i stumbled upon the improv comedy group and 
that was like touching a nerve. And it was this really special rhythm and these people who were smarter than me and funnier than me and quicker than me and just being surrounded by them was a really cool inspiration. And then it was like these two sides, you, you know, you do the journalism during the day and you're trying to be smart and thoughtful and doing important things and learning about an important American institution. And then at night you're goofing off. And it was a really funny balance. And so I always wanted to do sports that, I always feel like anyone can come on and tell you who what the score was, but we're interested in having joy in the sports cast and there should be some of that. And that doesn't mean every moment is there. You know, there obviously are times when we need to be serious and times when it's important to talk X's and O's, but whenever possible, I'm trying to keep it lighter and looser for the, like, like I was saying, like the concept of joy and trying to be fun. And, and that doesn't mean I belong in the same sentence as Kilborn or Patrick Oberman or any of those people, but that's sort of the, what I grew up on was those guys made sports so enjoyable for me because of their ability to have fun that that was always what drove me to it what what made it part of i enjoyed watching michael jordan and watching bob costas i enjoyed watching dan do the highlights after the game like all of that was a part of sports to me and you convinced me to do an improv class after i moved to chicago and it was so fun and it was great because no one took it very seriously like no one was trying to become a comedian I'm still friends with them. We like still hang out. It was great. And it is something I highly recommend everyone do. Like there's just nothing in your life that it wouldn't be better for having gone through a class like that. Right. It is. I did. So when I left ESPNU and moved to Chicago, um, that was 07. The, the second thing I did was join the Big Ten Network. The first thing I did was sign up for improv classes because I Love did it. it in college and loved it. And and I knew, you know, like you said, the, the pipeline from Saturday Night Live goes back almost a, a, a half a century. Uh, and there's incredible, talented people and improv basically started in Chicago. And so I did that for like 10 years. And um, it is it's one of those things like some people would be like, oh, so you don't you're trying to get into comedy. And I was like, oh, I don't think you understand how hard <laughs> comedy is. I'm, I'm not in the, the same galaxy of the people who have made their careers in comedy. But it keeps you sharp. It makes you a better listener. It makes you a better thinker. It keeps you quick in the moment. Like everything we do, whether it's doing an interview or reading a highlight that you haven't seen, haven't had the shot sheet for, or something goes, you know, I'm thinking of when we had, um, uh, it was obviously a rough summer for the Big Ten when the cancellation happened and everything. And Dave Refson and I were doing a show when the official cancellation went down in, in mid August. And Kevin Warren comes on via Zoom. And uh, we had this difficult, like three, three and a half hour show or whatever it was, where we talked about everything. But Dave got like 40 seconds into his Kevin Warren interview and we lost the feed. And like, I remember coming like right away, jumping in and saying something like, well, this is 2020 for you. I mean, this is the world we're in. And like, I got more comments from people about the appropriateness of making something lighthearted Mm -hmm. than I have in months on anything. And it was just a throwaway line. But just being able to think quickly and, and, and responding and knowing what's not coming ahead of you is okay. Those are all tenets that improv uh, gave me. So yeah, even if you don't do our field in life, yeah. like learning improv is, is a really cool just tool. And it teaches you how to listen because you're not allowed to react until you know where that person is going. Um, right. Plus, I mean, listen, if, if, you, if you didn't have your background, maybe Tom Allen doesn't body slam you. <laughs> maybe that... Well, now I'm thinking... 
maybe maybe I that would have been a good thing. <laughs> no, I think I think it was um, I think it was necessary. It, it sounds like it bonded you two. Um, That's true. And again, something it's something Ted Lasso would do. Well, Mike, <laughs> I want to I want to I want to say thank you so much for coming on. This was a delight. Um, tell everyone where they can find your new podcast for for Big Ten listeners. Yep, it's called On the Bench with My Call. Anywhere podcasts are available, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, everything. Uh, we'll have YouTube links too if you uh, prefer doing it that way. I'll, on my Twitter account, I'll be sending out notings, uh, notifications. Every Tuesday, we'll have a new episode. Um, it's coaches, players, former coaches, it's entertainers, it's announcers, um, people who've got stories to tell uh, that are related to the Big Ten, in the Big Ten, fans of the Big Ten. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun. Awesome! I'm super excited about it. Thank you so much for for taking some time, telling some stories. Um, that everyone, that's Mike Hall, my colleague at the Big Ten Network, and a new podcast host because we don't have enough. Thanks, we don't have enough podcast <laughs> yeah. hosts out there. Uh, thanks. Ladies. All right. Well, thanks so much, and uh, be sure to check out the Andy Staples show. He'll be back tomorrow. Ari Wasserman will be back with Andy on Friday, as always. Probably eating something weird and placing some bets on on mayonnaise or something again. We will see you next Tuesday on Power Hour. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.